Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. I'm reading again from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. And it says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep blabbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Hey, over the next few minutes, hoping you're taking notes, I want to preach to you from this message or or from this subject line, when you pray, when you pray. Come on, let's pray. Father, I love you. And I thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity that we have to come before you, to speak to you. And Father, I'm so grateful that you hear us. For us to live a huge life, a big life, there has to be this one fundamental thing that we do. And it is prayer, Lord. We believe that the communication, Lord God, that we have when we give to you, but then also when you speak back to us, Lord God, is the cornerstone in which we can build our faith, Lord. And Father, we're so grateful that we have this access and this relationship with you, Father. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for everything that you're going to speak, Lord God. Let it be your words and not my words, Lord. Speak to us today as we learn, Lord Jesus, what happens when we pray, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. When you pray. I've shared this story uh, a while ago about my wife. They, they, in the streets, they call her 26 cents. Turn up. Um, my wife is uh, very mild-mannered. She is the one that will wrap you up with hugs. My wife is like the type of person that you can just walk up to her and like people randomly will tell them their life story. And my wife's like, okay. And she is that person and she has the best advice, the best hugs. Come on, if you love my wife, throw a little heart in there in that chat for her. Lit is uh, probably my, my best counselor. She's the one that talks me off so many different ledges. Um, so much of what you hear and don't hear is a product of my wife's wisdom because she's intelligent. Um, but she got a thug side in here. She's from a city in Miami, Florida that is notoriously known, um, which is called Carroll City. Turn up. Um, if you are from there, then you would know that this isn't um, probably the safest place that you want to live in. Um, but my wife and her family, they made it a home. And my wife learned in the thug streets of Kara City. Um, and every now and then, there's this little bit of thug that comes out of her, and it's called 26 cents. And I can share with you a few different times that that has come out, um, but you probably wouldn't want to come to my church no more. Uh, but, but, but I will say this. It, it, has, it has gotten uh, to the point now where she knows how to master it. She knows how to use it in moments where she can create uh, the correct results out of situations. So she'll, eh, and then you just see it. And it's like, even with me, there's certain, she'll look and I'll just, praise God, I'm a six foot, 240 pound man that just, whatever you want, baby, I'll give it to you. 
<laughs> one day we were at Home Depot and we were doing an outreach for uh, some of our friends who were um, working their tails off um, down in Atlanta. And we were getting some pallets of water and drinks and, uh, and f- all type of stuff. And we got, you did that greater church, by the way. And we got tons of pallets of food and stuff. And we drove down to Macon, Georgia, and we had to get it. Well, we decided to go rent a for um, at Home Depot, we decided to rent a big box truck so that we can fill up all the stuff and then be able to take it and deliver it to these guys. And it ends up being that we get there. And when we get there, um, as soon as we walk up to the teller, the guy has like this, you know, face on him where he's just like, I don't, wh- who are you? And my wife explains to them, we're here to pick up this 27 foot truck. And the guy tells her, well, I'm sorry, we don't have a 27 foot truck. And my wife says, but I, I actually, I've already applied online and we filled out the registration and I, I'm, I'm actually here to pick it up. I'm not, I'm not having a conversation with you. <laughs> I, I just need the truck that I, you know, already reserved. And the guy was like, yeah, but the thing is that, you know, when you reserved it, you know, somebody else had already done that before at 7 a.m. And uh, unfortunately, so they have the truck and my wife is sitting there and she's like, bro, what do you mean that somebody take, at that point, I had Abigail and I knew, I saw 26 cents. I saw 13, right? Like 13 cents came out and I knew it was, the rest of it was coming out. So I said, you know what? Let me just walk off for a minute right now because I don't want to get involved in this because it her 26 cents and my dollar 50 is not going to be good. So I said, let me go take Abby and we start walking through Home Depot. And I just see my wife and, you know, I see her wiggling her hand and she's doing the Pentecostal finger and all of this. And I'm like, dang it. So I just, I see her kind of getting a little hot. Now I see 26 cents. And I say, let me go over there. And I walk over there. I'm like, babe, what happened? And she's like, well, this guy, you know, doesn't even know who I am and says that he's giving the truck to somebody. And, da, 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 da. and I say, okay, cool. Let's, let's just leave. Let's, it's fine. Let's just go. And then we, we walk and we start walking out. We get to the car. And when we sit in the car, you know, she's fuming. At this point, I'm fuming. And we're just sitting there. We're like, yo, but like last night, there was the truck was available. You reserved it. We got a confirmation email. We have confirmation numbers. And that guy didn't even ask us our names. How does he even know who we are? So we said, you know what? Let's get back in there. So we get back in there. And as soon as we get back in there, we're like, hey, bro, wh- what is our name? Like, you know, you don't even you didn't even ask us our name. Like, how do you know that we even reserved? Like, wh- why are you telling us that you don't have it? And the guy's sitting there. He's like, yeah, um, Lydia Cheveria, right? And, you know, and then, you know, 26 cents, my wife, she just goes, boom. And then this is where the, the wisdom has come, age, you know. She just brings it down. She's like, but I read, reserved this already. I went through the proper protocols. I took the steps that you asked me to. And at this moment, I seen her kind of landing the plane. And I said, well, let me walk away with Abby because I see, like, she, she took a different turn. Bro, about 10 minutes later probably 15 minutes later, not to exaggerate, there is a truck. I don't know how she got the truck out there. I don't know how she managed to get it out of this guy. But bro, 15 minutes later, I'm sitting inside of a truck. What happened with that truck? That's another story. But I'm sitting 15 minutes later inside of this truck like, bro, what did you even do? Like, how did you pull this off? The guy didn't even have a truck. Did he like build it in the back? Like, I don't understand what happened. She used her words. Here's what happens for so many of us, man. These are one of the things that we struggle with the most. Some of us, we deal with so much anxiety. 
depression, anger. There's so many blocked doors, closed doors, and blockades, and barricades, and barriers that are all around us. And so many times, we live this life that just goes under our means. And we begin to live this very small life, when in reality, if we begin to use our words, we will start watching as doors open up. We will start watching as trucks pull up 15 minutes later. The impossible be turns into a possible situation when we begin to use our words as a believer we have a superpower and our superpower is that we have words that we can begin to speak and when we begin to speak the very creator of heaven who opened up his mouth and said let there be and there was and there is continuing to be though that very power resides inside of us that when we use our words things begin to happen i can ask you right now for those of you that are watching lean in with me for just a second would you do me a favor all over this place, right there online. L lift your right hand. Lydia, obedient, right now. Lift your right hand. There you go. <laughs> lift your right hand. Words have power. Words can create. Put, put your hand down. Words can create. Words have power. They can direct. How much more when God has given us access to be able to have a conversation with him that when we open up our words, we can bind what the devil has tried to loose hell over our life, but we can also begin to receive the resources that we so desperately deserve, that we so desperately need and desire. It is Jesus himself, or the Apostle Paul himself, who tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, when anxiety is all over us, this is a kingdom key, by the way, if when anxiety is over us and inside of us and we feel like we can't move in a split second, that we open up our mouth and through prayer and supplication, what returns is the peace of God that protects our hearts and our minds. Isn't it crazy that your words can create so much? They can create hurt. But they can create so much good. You want, a big, you want to live and you want to build a big life? Use your words. Jesus, he's with the disciples and he has this famous preaching that he has done. It's the Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew chapter 5 to Matthew chapter 7. And he begins to go through a doxology. He begins to explain so many of the Christian fundamentals. He starts breaking down what the religious leaders at the time had created as religious boundaries. And with his words, he begins to break these things down. And he starts teaching us several different ways on how to live the Christian life. During this time of 21 days of prayer and fasting, you can go on greater.church slash soap and you can grab the soap devotional and we read the same thing all throughout the year. But then there's also some devotional that I do on my own, that I do my own study. This would be a good study for you to go back and read the Sermon on the Mount and see what Jesus talked about and how he explains to us that we can live a big life. How is it that we can actually begin to walk out everything that he's called us to walk out? In the Sermon on the Mount, in chapter 5, he begins by talking to the disciples. And he's explaining to them, I'm going to teach you how to pray. And he says to them, and when you pray, when you praise, when you praise, there should be a fire in your heart. Shout out to Fred. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Here's what he's saying. It's not wrong to pray in public. It's not wrong for you to pray to your father where people are around you. That's not what he's saying. And I believe that for so long, religions, people, individuals, I don't like to pray in public. Because 
this scripture right here, this is not a defense for that. You're shy, but this isn't a defense for that. What Jesus was saying, that in that moment, what you begin to do is you think to yourself, well, I'm going to do something big for God because that way I can have access to him and he's going to be, and he's going to be like, I put a stamp of approval on you. You got a thumbs up. You're praying so loud in front of everybody. Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. Yo, that's not the way this thing works. Before you pray, God is proud of you. God is in love with you. Before you open up your mouth, he's so ravagely in love with you. You already have access to him. You don't have to do some big old things to be able to follow God in heaven, holy and harnessed by glory are you, O Lord. Yo, God is not sitting up there saying, come on, do it, do it, do it. Oh, I like that. Go more, more. You got a bigger words. Come on, extracentic. Throw some big words in there. Do some big stuff. You don't have to do all of those things. Because what happens is that then you start to think to yourself, well, I'm not going to pray because I don't, I don't have those words. And I, I really can't be that person. So what you begin to do is that you start taking steps away from God because you're trying to measure up to something that you saw in your grandfather or something that you saw in your old pastor. Or something that you saw in your best friend who's a lot more spiritual than you. But in reality, God is not desiring for you to have these big shows of emotions. He's really just wanting you to have a, a personal relationship. He, he doesn't want you to perform. Prayer isn't about this big performance that you have to do. Let me light the candles. Let me make sure that, you know, I got the right songs on. Get, let put a little Fred Hammond in there. And let's, you know, all it. You know, those things are a byproduct. I do those things. I light a candle. And I put some music on. But those are not the things that... Give me the access to heaven. The access to heaven is, is given because of the blood of Jesus. I had nothing to do with that. It was because of the blood, the sacrifice, the new covenant in which I walk in, that that gives me the access where I can boldly enter into the throne of God. I can boldly ask for grace. I can step in before God because there is not a veil because it was Jesus that ripped the veil in half and allowed me into the access to the holy of holies. I have a relationship with God. I have access to God. That doesn't get done because of the things that I do. Stop trying to perform your way into God's presence. God's presence resides with inside of you. Don't be like the hypocrites. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. I've always said this, and I preached the message, uh, Jesus, had to have been sometime last year where I talked about, um, you know, prioritizing prayer, making sure that you find a place to pray, um, and then have a plan to pray. But the finding a place, I think, is huge, and it's important. And I don't want you to be, um, I, I don't want you to be marginalized to just finding a place. There can be several different places, because for some of us, we have time that we have to pray at work, and we have time that we pray at home, and there's different places that we pray. But I think that there should always be this one place where you say, this is where I'm going to go to in the mornings. 21 days of prayer and fasting, this is a great place for you to do it. If you usually wake up at 6.30 to go to work, get up at 6 o'clock. Get up at 6 o'clock and take those 30 minutes before that you would sleep and spend that time with God. Let that be a part of your fasting. Let that be a part of what you neglect yourself so that you, I promise for 21 days, if you sleep less, 30 minutes less, an hour less, two hours less, you're going to be fine. Like, you're not going to die. I promise you. But if you take that little time, find a place where you can just spend. Because here's what Jesus was saying. He's not saying that it is religion that creates that place or that you have to have that place. Is that he is trying to tell you to eliminate distractions. It's always bigger. He's always speaking to the heart of the matter. It's not about where you go. It's like, oh, you have to have this religious place. It's in the monk and the monastery. Or I have to go to the church. Or I have to go. No, 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 no. The place is irrelevant. It's the distractions. It's eliminating everything that's around you. Don't bring your phone into that place. 
Don't bring your laptop into that place. Don't bring your identity, your, who you think you are. Don't bring, don't bring that into there. Just, it's time with you and God. Abandon yourself. Spend time specifically with Jesus. Find you a place. Then the Father, who sees in secret, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. This is a kingdom key. Remember I just talked about it a second ago. This is a kingdom key. He says, and then the Father who sees what is done in secret, when you do this in secret, when you eliminate distractions and you spend time with God in that moment promises are unlocked when you draw near to me I will draw near to you is what scripture says when you draw near to me I will begin to give you the peace that you desire when you draw near to me I will begin to give you the freedom that you desire the deliverance that you've been desiring the things the breakthrough that my sister was singing Brianna shout out to Bri they, they were singing I will bring those breakthroughs to you I will bring things to you when you draw near to me it's in those spaces that this is a promise from God it's a king them key you don't have direction problems chapter three proverbs not problems proverbs chapter three verse five and six lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge god and he will direct your path it's a key anxiety pray and all of a sudden the peace of god these are kingdom keys that are given all through scripture this is another one right here that what you do in secret when you step into that secret place with the father you begin to receive the strength that you need to be the husband you begin to receive the strength that you need to be able to lead that career to be able to lead that job site to be able to move in the things that god has called you to move but it has to be found in the secret place and when you pray do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask them, ask him. When, when you begin a relationship, you know, me and Lydia, we were courting. That's holy dating. That, that's holy dating. That's how you say it in the church. We were, we were courting, you know what I'm saying? And we were dating. When you start, you start sending, you know, texts in the morning. Good morning, beautiful. How you do? I pray you have an awesome day. You start doing all of these, you know, things. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're just, you're different. You know what I mean? You change your octave. Fellas, y'all know what I'm talking about. You're talking to the girl. Like, you'll be hanging around the fellas. And you're like laughing. Ha! As soon as she calls you, like, hey, babe, what you doing? And you like, you, your voice goes down. and all, You turn into Barry White all of a sudden. Oh, I'm just here with the fellas. You know what I'm saying? it changes who you are right and that's at the beginning it's cute you know you start doing that as you kind of get into the relationship things start changing a little bit you 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 your voice becomes normal you you start to become a real authentic she starts to see the real you you know what i mean the real you when you're laying on the couch and you fart they're dating right now. And Kim and Evan, oh my God, never. I would never do that. Oh my God, no. <laughs> People, when you get married, they start getting real comfortable and real authentic with each other. Now you're starting to walk around. You ain't want to, you know, fellas, you wanted to keep your shirt on because you got the one pack now. Now you're sitting there laying on the couch and you just, hallelujah, glory to God, this is me. The reality of who I is. <laughs> But what happens is that time creates this movement that actually lets you step into a real authentic space because of the proximity or how close you are. And the closer that people are to you, the more that they know who the real you is. And this is what I believe that Bible is talking about in this moment. And when you pray, don't sit there and keep babbling and doing all of these things. Yo, your father knows what you need. So if the father knows what I need, then that means that I don't have to pray 
Because he knows, hey, God, you know what I need? Done. I'm going to go on about my day. No, that's not what he's saying in the scripture. What he's saying is that stop trying to put lipstick and stop trying to put eyeshadow and stop trying to put weave and stop trying to put all of this stuff on your prayers and just be authentic. Talk to me. What is it that you need? Speak to me because I want to have a candid conversation with you. And when you're authentic with God, it changes the projection and it changes the destination of your prayers because the Bible speaks of it clearly time and time again. Do not expect for anything to happen for they have received their rewards. When you open up your mouth and you keep saying stuff, that's your reward. People are recognizing you. You're talking a whole lot. Oh, he's a great prayer prayer person. He knows how to pray. That's your reward right there. I don't want my reward to come from man. I want my reward to come from God. So when I spend intimate time with him, when I'm authentic with him, God, I don't understand you. God, I don't got this figured out right now, man. I'm, 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 I'm frustrated, God. Why, is, why would you tell me this? Why is this happening? When you begin to have those conversations, now God starts having a dialogue with you. Because prayer is not just about you talking to God, but it's about taking some time with a journal sometimes. Sometimes it's sitting back and relaxing and listening for God because he begins to speak to you and he starts to drop nuggets in your heart and now you're having a conversation with him as opposed to you just giving a bunch of blabbling words. And oh God, right now I just come before you and I thank you right now, God. Oh creator of the heaven, my first and only oh god i thank you right now like yo that's great i'm not speaking against anybody who prays like that but is it authentic are you really connecting with god are you really spending time with god it was smith wigglesworth because what happens is this i don't want you to go back into legalism because my heart and what i'm telling you right now is not that like the quantity of your prayer isn't like a lot it, it, it means something I, I don't think timing means anything i, I hate that we've in the church We've labeled prayer to like how much, an hour, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Like we put time on it. Like that's the way you dictate the, 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 the potential or the potency of your prayer. It's how much time are you spending with the Lord? Like an hour, two hours, three hours, how much, you know? And I, I think it's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a place for it, but that's not what God is impressed by because Smith Wigglesworth, one of the most powerful individuals I believe that God has used um, in generations before, but also his teachings are still prevalent here right now. Um, but Smith Wigglesworth, said I, I rarely pray more than 20 minutes but I rarely go more than 20 minutes without praying so the timing of it I don't think it's the big deal I, I think it's how are you spending it authentically with your father that you're walking into work and you're like man you know God I just man thank you for this job I, I just appreciate this and throughout your day you're having these moments of conversation with God don't allow for people to dictate the timing on you. Well, I didn't spend an hour before in the morning. But man, if you look back across your day, you probably spent 34 times that you were sitting there and you were having a conversation with God because if you're intentional about it. Now listen to me, I'm not giving you an escape for you just not to pray or for you to just be like, God, thank you, I love you and continue your day and just do that 45 different times. Me and God are good. No, you're already good with God. What I'm trying to tell you is that if you dive into prayer and spend some time with God and actually begin to open up your heart and authentically start speaking to him and allow for him to speak to you, you're gonna begin to live a big life. Big life. Then the Bible says, Jesus, this then is how you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Hey, Nunzi, can you play the play keys for me right here? Make it spiritual, come about the land, the plane. When you read this, you can begin to think this is the way that God told me to pray. And when you read this, you can find yourself um, following after religions that have laid their head on this and added a couple more and spent lifetimes praying this. And this has become an antidote to things. And this is how they deliver and et cetera and et cetera. And I believe that Jesus was talking about this is a way or a this is what is called a model of prayer. This isn't the only way that you can pray. This is a model of prayer. But I want you to go a little deeper for some of our, our, of, our of our saints who uh, you can't imagine a day without prayer. Though there are people who are watching online right now and used to be a person that can't imagine a day without prayer. And right now you don't even know where to start prayer with or how to start praying again so I'm trying to speak to a few different groups but for, for my more seasoned saints for my more prayer filled people that understand this there's several different models that you probably use yourself there there's the Psalms model that you can read through the book of Psalms and David was one of the most masterful, um, not only conductors, uh, writers of music, but his prayers, which that's all it is. Worship is just literally just music with uh, prayers with music to it. But when you read the Psalms, you begin to see some things. And my father, he starts talking to him relationally. And there's some beautiful things that although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and he begins, what we begin to do when you pray through the Psalms is that you could take moments like that and pieces of the scripture. I will enter his courts with thanksgiving. And in those moments, what you do is that you take that scripture and you begin to pray it. Father, I'm so grateful that, yes, I'm walking through the shadow of death and it's all around me. But I'm grateful, Father God, because if there's shadows around me, that means that the light's inside of me. And Father, I'm so grateful that I have you inside of me, that you reside with me, Lord, that you walk with me, Lord. As I walk right now through the shadow, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do with this child, Lord. I don't know what I'm going to do with this financial situation, with this relationship. But Father, I know that the light is inside of me. And you can begin to pray through the Psalms. You can begin to pray through worship songs. I do that a lot. I love that. That's one of my, one of my favorite ways to pray. I will listen to a song. I will put a worship song on. And the words from the worship song will begin to spark prayers that I'll start doing. You are worthy of it all. We listen to our sister and Kim singing. And I will begin to tell God, you are worthy of it all. Lord, night and day, Lord, my prayers I will lift up to you, Lord God, because I know that I'm not going to pray to my anxiety. I'm not going to pray to my depression or my fear. I'm not going to pray to the things that held me captive. Lord, I'm going to pray to you, and I know that you bring the comfort, the release, Lord God, the peace that I so desire. These are models of prayer. You can pray through the Psalms. There's the Acts prayer model, right? Where you can adore God. Spend some time thinking, thanking him and worshiping for who he is. Spend some time confessing. Not only do you confess your sins, but you, you bring scriptures out and you begin to confess the scriptures over you. He who knew no sin became sin so that I may become the righteousness of God. I am a child of God. I am blessed in my, in, my, coming out, my going out and my coming in, Lord. My children are blessed and you can 
begin to confess these things over your life. And then you take some times of thankfulness and you just begin to thank God. Thank you, God, for everything that you've done. And you start working your way through all of the different things that God has done. As you begin to take this reflection exercise, faith starts building up inside of you. And then supplication at the very end. Now you start asking God, what are my needs? God, I'm, I'm asking for this. And Lord, I'm asking that you would do this for this person. And Father, we prayed for Michael, Lord. And Father, we pray for Lydia for 26 cents. Help her to manage herself, Lord God. And you can begin to speak and start talking to God. And there's all these different models. Another model is this one that Jesus taught. And I'm going to land the plane right now because it's super simple. These are one that I use. I probably pray this daily maybe. And I don't pray our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. No, I, I take time to acknowledge that you're my father. And then I'm grateful that you're my dad and that you love me. And I approach him relationally. And I say, thank you, Lord God, for loving me. Thank you that I'm enough. I know you're proud of me. Lord, I'm so grateful for who you are. Lord, I love you. And I speak to him. And then I go from relationally to worshiping him. Lord, I'm so thankful for who you are. I'm so grateful, Father, that you're the God that is Jehovah Jireh in my life and you're my provider. That you're Jehovah Rapha, Lord God, that you've healed me and that you continue to heal me, Lord. That you're a miracle working God, Lord God. That you iron out the details that I don't understand or I don't even know how to make them iron out themselves. And you're the God that does that. And I talk to him about how he is beautiful and I make much of his name. And then I say, Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven today. One of the prayers that I say on a regular basis is I say, Father, help me be a kingdom builder. Lord, let me build your kingdom today, Lord God. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would give me the tools that I need to be able to build your kingdom. And here's where I say the gifts of the Spirit found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Every morning, I say, Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would give me the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the discerning of spirits, Lord God, the gift of faith, the working of miracle, the gifts of healing, Lord God prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, Lord. I begin to pray and I say, God, let me step into my office, Lord God, and let me walk out and do the things that I need to do. And I say, Father, I pray that you would give us our daily bread, all the provision that we need, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would provide all of the things, the strength, the wisdom, the creativity, the finances. Father, I pray that you would give us all of these things. And then I shift into asking for forgiveness. Lord, forgive me for my sins, for everything that I've done wrong, Lord. I ask you that whether in word, thought, or deed, known or unknown, and omission or commission. Lord, anything I've done wrong, I'm sorry. I repent of it, Lord God. And then I say, I also release anybody who has sinned against me and I pray that you would bless them. And I begin to bless individuals that I know that have hurt me or individuals that I know I might, when I say their name, I'm like, ah, and I pray blessings over them because it's hard for you to hate or hard for you to hold against somebody who you begin to bless. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would not lead me into temptation, but that you would deliver me from the evil one. And then I begin spiritual warfare found in Genesis, in Galatians chapter 5. And I say in the mornings, Lord, I pray that you would give me the helmet of salvation. Let my thoughts be clear. I'm yours. I'm all right. Breastplate of righteousness. All of my heart, my emotions, let it be behind your righteousness, Lord. You protect me, Lord. The belt of truth, Lord. Let me reproduce truth. Let truth, Lord, gird me, Lord God, and continue to move me forward. Let me not live the lie of the enemy. Let my feet be shod with the readiness to preach the gospel of peace. Let obedience be able to come into my life and let me speak to whoever you need me to speak to, Lord God. I pray that you would give me the shield of faith today. Let me increase and understand who you are, but let me walk in faith, Lord God, knowing that you got me. Let the Holy Spirit be with me, walking with me and increasing my faith and the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, Lord. Let today me be, let me be able to use it, Lord God, in a 
way that will free people and break chains, but also bring healing to people. Lord, let the word of God be able to bring healing to me. And then I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray a spiritual warfare. I begin to cover my wife. I begin to cover my kids. I pray for you specifically. And I start talking to God about you. And as I begin to pray these things, things start shifting because I believe it's early in the morning, but I believe that I start opening the door for God to move in my life and the enemy gets annoyed. And in these moments, and I can't tell you how many times I've seen God move. I can't tell you how many things have shifted, but it's a model. Find the model that is for you. Find the way. Sometimes I switch it. Sometimes I'll go walk and I'll just talk to God. And I won't have a model. And I'll just, God, I'm, I'm frustrated right now. And Lord, I need you to help me. Sometimes I get on my knees and I'll just say, Father, help me, please. And it's, but if you find that model, if you find a plan, I promise you it's going to help you. It's just a tool that God is giving you so that you can pray. Now, here is what happens. Uh, I think I've ever shared this story in, in church. But um, I was, my teenage years, probably somewhere around there. And we were, at a, uh, we were at a party with a friend, and I wasn't serving the Lord at all. And we were, you know, hanging out, and one of my friends says, hey, I want to go home. <clears throat> and I was like, okay, like, what's going on? He's like, yeah, I just want to go home. And I was like, all right, cool, let's, uh, let's take you home. And I remember we jumped in the car, and when we jumped in the car, I just saw it in his face. He, he just looked different. He was like, just looked mad and like, but depressed at the same time. It was weird. So I, I remember just, yo, what's, you know, what's going on? And yeah, he, he kept dodging the question until finally, you know, he began to open up and talk to me. And, and I began to talk to him. And this conversation went from, you know, 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, um, <clears throat> all the way till about 12 in the afternoon the following day. Um, spent the day with him talking. And I don't know why. And I just, we just kept talking. And man, I remember I would have these big gaps of things that I would tell him and I was not serving the Lord, but I would speak about God in ways that I didn't even learn. And I would tell him about things in the Bible. And, and I remember just speaking to him and it just constant words and words and words. And, you know, that day we, we you know, we went our separate ways and I, I dropped him off at the house finally. And, you know, I went home and rested. And, you know, it was, it was a long day. It was crazy. Like I've never spent so much time with somebody and just talking. Um, what's crazy is that a few years later I ran into him. And when I ran into him, um, I was like, yo, what's up? How are you? You know, all the pleasantries. And, you know, we caught up and we talked about stuff. We hadn't seen each other since then. And I remember that he said, hey, Chino, can I tell you something? I'm like, yeah, man, what's up? He's like, you remember that day that, uh, that we just sat there and we talked all through the night, all through the morning? You remember that? I was like, yeah, bro. That was the longest day of my life. I remember, yeah, we, we were hanging out and talking about that stuff. And he says, Chino, that day, he says, I had already planned um, what I was going to do. I was going to kill myself. He said, I knew where the gun was. I already had a plan on how I was going to do it. Um, and I was going to end my life. And he says, because of that day, the conversations that you had about God and the things that you told me even about yourself, um, my life from that day, there's a light bulb that went in. And I was just kind of like, I don't have to die. I still got more that I can do. There's still more that I can do. And I know that God, he might not be happy with me right now, but I know he's out there and I know that he loves me. And I, and I know that I can have a relationship with him. It was crazy. I was not even serving the Lord at this time. And I remember that having that conversation with him, I remember being shocked, like, you were going to kill yourself, bro? I, what? He's like, I had it all planned out. It was words. Words can shift atmospheres. They can cancel the plan of the devil over your life. 
they can break the power of death, shame, guilt, suicide, depression. When you begin to open up your mouth and you begin to declare the mysteries of God, but when you begin to speak and direct your words towards heaven, something big happens. Because, see, I don't believe that I was able to speak to that man and create the change in him that he was desiring. I believe that the Holy Spirit came alongside of my words and began to empower them. How much more when you actually filter your words through the creator of the universe, when you allow for your words to leave your mouth, for them to hit the throne of God and for action to come down and for God to begin to move through your words. The things that happen is that entire nations are changed. Legacy is changed. Your family is changed. Can I tell you that you yourself can be changed? You've been watching and you've been listening and I don't know if you logged on by accident or somebody gave you a link or, or maybe you just stopped by and, or maybe you were part of our church and man, you just felt like you've distanced yourself and oh man, once I get past 2021, that's it. You know, I'm ready. And here it is. We're a couple of days into 2022 and nothing has changed. I want to tell you that there are words that can break the chains of the enemy. That there are words that over your life can be spoken and that you can allow to come out of your mouth that will begin to break the back of the enemy. That can begin to destroy generational curses. Things in your life that you thought would never change. That there are words inside of you that when you release them by way of prayer, all of a sudden they're broken and you can step into a brand new life. You can step into a big life. For some of us here, as we heard and we received this link and we're just like, yo, what... What is going on here? I want to let you know that there are some words that you can speak. That these words can not only save, heal you on this side, but there's going to come a time where it is promised that every person on earth is going to die. It's appointed to everybody. Nobody on earth has ever, outside of Jesus, has ever lived eternally. This side of earth. No, no, no. We are all promised to die. But after that, there's an eternity. There's a long time that's lived. That long time is one that you can live with the Father or one that you can live away from the Father. And it's crazy because the Bible tells us very clearly that the distinction, the way that we choose either one of those, number one, is through belief in our heart, but also through words. It is in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, forever, staple. We will always quote this scripture because it is the power. It's how we are saved. How do we transition from an eternity away from God to an eternity of God forever? It's through our words. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So if that's you in this place, and maybe you haven't made that decision, you're watching on a Sunday morning right now, January 2nd at 12.50 p.m. Or maybe you're watching on a Tuesday at 3 in the morning and you've been binge drinking. Or maybe you're watching on a Thursday and you just finished doing some things that you're not proud of. I want to give you an opportunity to use your words and break the power of sin, death, the great hell over your life. I believe that today Jesus wants to set you free and it's as easy as you using your words. In just a moment, I'm going to pray with you and I'm going to give you some words to be able to give to God. Understand the prayer that I give you, that doesn't save you. It's just a model. Today, the faith that you place into God that you're praying to, that's what's going to save you. So all over this place, if, if that's you, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. 
If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at My Greater.